Podcast, presented by Bruins Life. Final 10 seconds, Marshawn to Bergeron, he scores! By Trudy's to the back it comes now for Nordstrom pushed it across Grizzly fires and that one down the front rebound score it's Corelli out of a net mouse scramble lots of time out high two players go to one here comes a shot from the point it's hits Wagner and then the rebound right to Corelli DeBrusque chips it for Frenchy to McAvoy Turnaround shot from Borowiecki hits the pile. Pasternak two on one with Marshawn against DeMello. Marshawn curling, drag. Pasternak scores in your face. A rally around Angie. The shot scores. Sean Corrali puts the Bruins up to. Welcome back to the Spoke Beat Podcast presented by Bruins Life. It's our fourth season and kind of hard to believe that we've been doing this now for four years. There have been some changes, but most of us are still here. So if you're new to the program, welcome. My name's Jesse Gauntz. And I'm joined, as always, by Zach Weiner. What's up, dude? What's going on? It's good to be back. Long summer. Long summer. Are you done crying? Say that again? Are you you done crying? Yeah. You know, I I actually was like, I was planning on saying that I'm still not over it. And then I actually read an article today about how people need to get over it. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. New season. Let's let's do this. I went down the rabbit hole of uh, Twitter this morning. And was looking at our tweets from the finals and just how they got progressively uh, dimmer and dimmer. Yes, that's and, one thing. Also, like I was trying to watch um, different pump up videos. I thought maybe that would get me pumped up, but all the pump up videos start with them losing the cup in June, and I like shut them off immediately. I'm like, no, I still can't watch those. Still can't. Yeah, watch those. Could, couldn't couldn't do it. Well, we're not gonna have too much time to cry over it because it's a new season, and with new season. Well, actually, I can't forget. Sam's still here too. Hi, Sam. Sorry, right. I forgot. How's you. it going? <laughs> it's all right. I'm pretty forgettable. Sorry. We all love you. But <laughs> with the new season comes some change, and we've added a new member to the program. She's actually been on the program before, but now she's a full time member, and her name is Lauren Campbell. Hello, Lauren. Hello. I'm the big free agent signing of the off season. Huge free agent signing. You're kind of like this. Reminds me of like the like Red Sox making the Chris Sale trade. Like this is kind of what this is like for me. Like that we is, finally have we have another ace. That is an honor. I love being compared to Christopher Sale. Love it. Well, that's good. So, well, so I, have, I, I think the first thing we need to know is 
Lauren, are you recovered for and ready for the next season? Yeah, I am. I didn't really have a choice. We had to, uh, in my line of work, we had to get right, right, right. back uh, into it and kind of put it behind us quickly. We had like, I had a good day. I think I had the day after the Stanley Cup final off, so I kind of had my my moment. But the Red Sox were still on at the time, and they were still kind of in it. So I was, uh, I wasn't so depressed, but right. I think I'm, I'm but okay. then again, I mean that that whole Red Sox season. I mean, yeah. The uh, top- the toughest thing about it is that then the, like the summer was just killed off by the Sox. And so, you know, now the Patriots are revving up if they can somehow stay healthy. Um, and yeah, I mean, hopefully the, hopefully the Bruins can, can, can be healthy and make a nice little run back to April. I'm just, Not I'm blaming, one. I'm blaming Lauren for the game seven loss because we watched game six together and they absolutely dominated. And I, Tried to beg her to stay a few extra days so we could watch Game Seven together, and turned into a total shit show. That's a big one. You got to stick with what works. You know what that reminds me of? Back in 2011, I watched Game Six with uh, a New York friend of mine because um, I felt like kind of helpless after the Bruins went down three-two, and the Bruins and I was planning if the Bruins won Game Six to go down to a Boston bar in uh, downtown New York, and when they won Game Six, I was like. No, I have to watch with this guy again. I have no choice. So I watched like the game alone with him, but it's one of the greatest nights of my life because I won the cup. I didn't shower for two days after game six <laughs> leading into game seven. That's not I was so superstitious that I really didn't shower. All right. We gotta get off the Stanley Cup because it's a new Ugh. season. So we haven't done an episode really since the week after the finals ended. So we didn't really do anything with the off season. So we can just recap that real quick. So we're recording this on opening night. It's actually right around eight 30. So we're going to have this episode out Friday morning. So just real quick to cap the off season, the biggest moves that did and didn't happen. Uh, well, let's start with what didn't happen. So David Backus is still on this team. Everybody wanted him to be traded or uh, waived or whatever. Uh, but that didn't happen. I don't know what the market was for him. There really weren't too many reports out on it. So he's going into year four of a $30 million contract. He's making $6 million. We all know that. Supposedly, he worked with a figure skating coach over the offseason, and he's tried. I think he lost a little bit of weight, so he's trying to catch up with how uh, fast the game is today. So hey, if it means he, looks- he gets to uh, you know, absolutely uh, get guys out of their jock straps, hey, it's worth it, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, seeing, an old, I mean, seeing you get burned by an old man <laughs> – that's that's got to be embarrassing. Yeah. I I mean, he looked pretty good in the preseason. Um, but then again, I mean, no one's playing their regular lineup in the preseason. So I kind of, I don't know, I kind of take that with a grain of salt. So he's, as of right now, looking at the lines for tonight, he's on the fourth line right now because David Krejci's out, so they got to mix and match the lines. I think originally he was slated to be on the third line with Coyle and Danton Heinen, so... We'll see what happens when the game actually starts. I'm sure that those lines aren't going to last throughout the game except for the first line. Um, so that's that's the David Backus thing. And then the two biggest moves that were made over the offseason were uh, just recent. So Charlie McAvoy finally re-upped three years, uh, an ad- average annual value of $4.9 million. And then Brandon Carlo re-upped for two more years with an average annual value of $2.85 million. I like both deals. Um I think the McAvoy contract scares me a little bit just because by the time it's over, he's going to be 24 and he's going to be commanding a huge deal. I mean, you see what other defensemen got, like Eric Carlson, what he got. Um, Nikita Kucherov, not a defenseman, but still one of the premier players in the league, just got a huge contract. 
So I'm a little worried about that. The Carlo deal is really solid. Um, that's a cap hit that I think you can live with, with a second pairing defenseman who's one of your best. So I uh, just want to get everybody. Actually, I'm, I'll start with Lauren since she's the newbie. I want to get her thoughts on both contracts. Um, so and they're both, I think they're very, both very good for the team. I don't think there's any denying that. Um, Carlo's deal is great. And McAvoy's deal. And like you said, the only thing with McAvoy is when his deal's up, he's going to be in the prime of his career. And I mean, they've both ex- ex- expressed that they want to be here and that's good. But I think too, they're playing for, for their big contract for not, not the rest of their career, but kind of where they'll end up for the rest of the career, whether that's in Boston or whether that's somewhere else in, in the NHL. So I think this year in particular will be huge for Carlo. He had a good year last year and the year before that, I feel like people were calling for his head. They didn't want him on the ice. It was hard for him to stay healthy in postseason. Obviously everyone knows he went down, he got hurt. So I think it'll be huge for him more so than McAvoy only because if well, if McAvoy can stay healthy, we know what he's capable of. Whereas we're not really sure what we're going to get with Carlo if he stays healthy this whole season. I, I like, I love both deals. So it's been made pretty clear by McAvoy that he wants to spend the rest of his career. He wants to be a lifetime Bruin. And I think that I think Sweeney sat him down and explained to him, you know, what needs to happen for him to get maximum money that they, you know, what he could go get, what, what he could have gotten on the open market the Bruins were not capable of giving him now, but they can give him that money three years from now. So, Jesse, that worries you, but there will be other guys off the book three years from now. You're talking about Backes, you're talking about Krejci, um, and maybe some others. So the money w- will be available and it will be there. And I think it's a, a, a sign of good faith from McAvoy um, to, to take that contract. Carlo was one of our best defensemen. I mean, McAvoy was a total savage uh, throughout the playoffs, and then Carlo was also just absolutely fantastic um last year um finally healthy like lauren said um after missing the playoffs the first two years um so that's also a little bit of a a a signing of good faith from him and he has a chance to really um put himself in position he might not be a lifetime bruin because of the type of money the mcavoy is going to get but um the idea of having him two more years is really good um on the backus side you know it might have been it might have been media fabricated the bruins were even trying to move him i'm not no signs ever pointed to the Bruins even trying to move him. Um, there may have been some rumors, but I don't know how much truth there is to that. I, I, I think they really like him, um, and they're trying to figure out how to make it work in his last two years of the deal. Um, it's upsetting. just because, like We talk about this all the time, uh, Jesse. It's the same thing as Bolesky. Like We want it to work. We really want him to be good because we like him, and we want it to be worth the money, obviously. Um, and he just coming off such a bad year. Um, and the fact that he needs an injury just to crack the fourth line tonight um, is not a good start for him in, um, for the season. So he, he needs to have a good he needs to have a good start to the season um, or else we're not really going to be talking about him come November, December, January time. And because he's not going to be a factor in this lineup. Yeah, I, I just I I'm with you. I mean, we like you said, we've said it a million times. I love him as a player. I've always been a fan of his, but it almost, in a way, it kind of reminds me of Milan Lucic's last couple of years with the Bruins. Like it just seemed like the game has passed him by. And I mean, if you look at where Lucic is now, like he hasn't been relevant in almost what, like five years. And that's kind of what I feel like is happening to David Backus. I mean, 
we'll see in the first couple of games how Backus is used and how he looks when he's playing against actual NHL competition and not guys that are playing in the AHL this year. Um, I mean, starting on a fourth line, I think is fine for him. I'm interested to see what he could do with more offensive minded players like, uh, like Charlie Coyle and Heinen. Cause as I had said earlier, that was the projected third line had uh, David Krejci been playing tonight, but he, as of right now, is out. So, you know, I mean, it's game one of the season. We'll see. But I think I think I can speak for pretty much every Bruins fan when they say we're all kind of down on David Backus. I'm hoping, praying for a renaissance here. And the Nesson broadcast just started, and the first image they, they had was Marshan crying at the cup final. I'm already pissed off. I just oh, want it to be known, I want it on the record that I am not down on David Backus. I never have been. I never was. Jesse, I think you can vouch for me for this, like watching game six together and getting yeah. kind of kind of heated that he was not in the lineup for game seven. And I'm not saying he would have made the difference. I'm not saying they lost because he wasn't in the lineup. But I feel like he's he's a bigger body. He knows what he's doing. He's been around the game long enough. And, you know, if he's taking the necessary steps to up his game and kind of get better, be faster, and just kind of get acclimated with, with the younger players and how they play, then I'll give him, you know, a few months, but he needs to play consistently. Like, if I'm going to see him be a healthy scratch every other series, we're not going to see his full potential, and then everyone's going to be back on this trade back is buy him out train. Yeah, so, so no, that, that's, what they always, that's what they always say about him, that he's just so good off the ice for these young guys, and they all look up to him. Um, and, and if you, Jesse, you'll remember, so Lauren, before the Stanley cup started, so Bacchus had been like, okay, um, okay at best. And he had been a, a healthy scratch a few times. Um, like, so basically his, his postseason was, he was a scratch a few times during the Toronto series. Then they brought him back, uh, in the Columbus series and he, and he started playing pretty well. Um, and then he played throughout the Carolina series. And going into St. Louis, we he was my X factor. I was like, oh, he has a chance to really make a mark on this series. But my other X factor was Ryan O'Reilly, who really actually did make a mark on the series and fucking killed us. Um, and I, but like it's like you said, Lauren, he's not the reason why they lost. Like it all came down to one game, um, and and St. Louis just was the better team in that one game, and Bennington was the better goalie in that one game, um, and that's just what it is. Um, but I, I, I'm rooting hard for him. Every time he scores a goal, I, I'm thrilled. I want people to get off his ass, just like I want people to get off Tuca's ass. Um, but I really think, you know, it, it, the goal for us right now is what it was kind of last year, um, which is just to kind of stay afloat, keep ourselves in a playoff position as we head towards February. That's my opinion. Yeah, so real quick, before we get to team expectations, we're talking so much about Bacchus, and we got to get off that because he's just one guy. But just because he's such a hot-button topic, I want to ask everybody, and it doesn't matter who goes first, but what are our expectations for Bacchus this season? I have high expectations for him, and I don't know if that's just because I've always been a Bacchus fan or if it's just because I want to see him succeed. But, you know, at the same time, he's 35. He's not... Zidane Ochara when it comes to just being ageless you know he's getting up there in age and you want to see him he came so close to that Stanley Cup ring where you're kind of rooting for him just for that reason but I think you know everyone's saying this is the Bruins revenge tour I think this is the David Backus revenge tour he's ready to prove his what he can bring to this team I I don't think he was happy by any means getting benched for 
Carson Kuhlman, you know, he scores one, one goal in the Stanley cup and it's like, oh, okay. So you're getting replaced for him for the rest of the series. Kind of, kind of thing. That's probably how he felt. That's how I felt anyway. So I think this is, I think he's coming out mad. He said um, last week that last season really lit a fire under him. So I guess, I mean, we'll, we'll see it tonight and we'll see it as often as he plays, but I think this, this is David back is his revenge tour. Yeah, so my my hope is that he's in the lineup the whole year because I am just a huge Bacchus fan and I have defended him the last few years. My expectation is that uh, Providence is going to be rumbling. Um, I think Studnica is going to look good this year. I think Lauko is going to look good this year. There are others that are going to be just, you know, salivating to take Bacchus's spot. Um, and I'm not sure he survives, but um, that's my expectation. But my, my hope is that I'm rooting for him over these guys. Um, and it's just, it's not the kind of league anymore that you can maintain your spot by dropping the gloves, which I wish it was because I love that. Um, but, you know, we'll, yeah, we'll see what kind of fire he's got under him tonight and, and beyond. Yeah, I think if we get a year where, he, let's say he plays, I don't know, like 70 games, we get like anywhere between 10 and 15 goals out of him. I think that's... That's what I'm looking for anyway, because at least that that'll tell me that for someone his age and for someone who's a third, fourth liner, that he's playing upwards of like 10 minutes a night. He's contributing on a game to game basis. I think that's kind of what I think that those are reasonable expectations for David Backus at this point in his career. But as far as the team goes, this is what worries me, because. Stanley Cup hangovers are a thing for both winners and losers. If you remember um, when the Bruins won the Stanley Cup in 2011, they didn't start off too hot. I don't remember exactly. Like, they didn't go on, like, some long losing streak. Like, they'd win a game, then, like, lose two or three. Then they'd win a game and then, like, lose two or three. It wasn't until, like, mid-November when they really started to turn back into the team that had won it the year before. So I think I can speak for a lot of people when I say I think that might be a legit concern that – like, they come out flat tonight. They come out flat for the first, I don't know, like, 10 games. Like, I don't know. I mean, am I crazy? Like, I think that's reasonable. I mean, it's it's a reasonable uh, doubt to have. But, like, I mean, part of me thinks that this is going to be more motivation than it is a hangover. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping you're thinking, like, 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 remember, uh, like, uh, you guys remember back in 2010, uh, losing that series to the Flyers. And, you know, how they used it as motivation the next year to win the Cup. Honestly, I think the Bruins could, you know, maybe channel some of that uh, 2010-11 squad again. Yeah, so that's the big, uh, that was the big Jack Edwards monologue that I'm holding on to. That, that you know, this is going to be a 2010 type thing. I also, the one one thing I'm really hoping to see is Pasta, Bergeron, and Marchand. They were kind of no-shows in that Stanley Cup final series. Um, and they had, they had, you know spurts uh throughout the first three rounds as well that they were being shut down they just weren't their dominant selves that we're used to seeing so much and i'm hoping that they come out with a kind of fire in their bellies um just so hungry and so angry um and kind of feeling like they like they they owe something to the team um and yeah i think that could be a, a big beneficiary um to this team you also have a guy like wagner who missed the stanley cup because of you know because of a block shot so he'll be hungry um you know Corrali was amazing again in the playoffs. Um, you know, the, the, the one thing we, we haven't, we, we've kind of said it, but we haven't really said it out loud 
uh, yet, Jesse, is overall, you know, they lost Johansson, but but overall, it's still the same looking team. And that is what warms my heart a little bit and gives me confidence because it is a good team and it's a good coach team. Um, and, you know, the, everyone's talking about how Charlie Coyle just had an amazing preseason, um, but I, they still have him in the bottom six, which I love. So it, it's still the same team. Um, and and that, that's what makes me hopeful. So what what's tough for them is, is, you know, to start on the road in Dallas. That's a tough way to begin. You know, it gets me thinking about like the West Coast trip that the Red Sox have to start on. You know, they have to go into Arizona. Um, it was, you know, Arizona bulked up a little bit, but hopefully they're still crap. Um, but then they have to go into Vegas. Vegas is a Stanley Cup f- favorite. And then they have to go into Colorado before finally getting, um, you know, their, their home opener and a nice little, what is it, one uh, three-game homestand um, before a little home-and-home home series with, with Toronto. So uh, that what worries me is not necessarily hangover, but just having to start the season on a tough, almost West Coast r- uh, road trip. Uh, that's maybe what worries me a little bit. But but I, I like that it's the same team. There wasn't much turnover. Guys are hungry. They sound hungry all through the preseason. Um, and I, I think it's going to be okay. And kind of going off that, you know, uh, Pasternak and Bergeron were both facing injuries throughout the, the playoffs. You know, Bergeron with his groin injury, Pasternak re-injured his thumb. So as much as they were trying to give 100%, they might have been, may have been giving 100%, but it didn't just show just because, I mean – I've never had like a serious thumb injury, but I mean, I've hurt my hand. I've pulled my groin several times and it hurts just to even walk. So certainly them being a hundred percent and staying a hundred percent will definitely get that first line going and kind of what we saw. Yeah. The thumb, that sneaky thumb. thumb. And then it goes all the way back to when he fell at that party. Yeah. He fell broke. I don't don't think he broke. I think it was a ligament issue. Um, but the last two seasons, this team has started off slow. There's been kind of, not I don't want to say a slump, but I don't know if it's last season or the season before. They didn't win two games in regulation, like two consecutive games in regulation until November. And they still, if this was last year, obviously they went all the way to the Stanley Cup and it was the year before. They still made it a playoff run. So if they do start slow, I think that's almost normal and it's not nothing to really like panic about, whether it's being on the West Coast or starting several games away from the garden to begin the season. I just think it's, it's normal. It's okay. They'll, they'll figure it out though. They've been away from each other for a couple months and they've only been back together for, you know, a month or so, whatever it is. So if it's a slow start, it's okay. I promise because David Backus will save the day. Ah, good. Wait, well, hold on. David Backus will save the day or <laughs> someone will that Anders Bjork will come up and save the day. He'll, he'll, he'll save the other day. Yeah, okay. you know, I was hoping that, I was hoping to see him in the lineup tonight. Um, I was too, actually. Yeah, he also had a he had a pretty good preseason as well. Um, but I I I'm not so you know it's one game out of 82. I'm not so worried because I think we're going to be seeing Bjork sooner rather than later. Oh, absolutely. I don't think there's any question about that, and whether that's due to injury or whether that's due to an underperforming player. Um, I think him starting in Providence, as much as I want to see him up here, I think it's great for him because he said earlier in the se- or in the preseason he needs to get his confidence back in puck battles. He needs to be confident chasing the puck and just not worrying about his shoulder going into the boards. And he really, you saw that confidence kind of come up in the preseason games and you can just hear it in just the way he talks, the way he skates, that he's 
definitely if he's not 100%, he's 99%. So I think the more time he spends in Providence, he can get the proper minutes there, really build up that shoulder strength, and then prepare for what the NHL level brings because he's not – people call him a bust. Like, he was injured. He had these unfortunate injuries that you can't predict. So it's not like he's – 30 years old and he's had these injuries you know he's, he's a young kid he's ready to be at the nhl level and he, i think he will this year it's just a matter of when i'd also just like to make a public service announcement that that is the last time i will speak about Anders bjork without lauren's permission <laughs> so All wait, right. hang on. is he the first call up among the forwards this season do we think I think so, yes. I think so, too. Actually, I, think... uh, I, I disagree. I think it's going to be uh, Jakob Lauko. He really impressed me in preseason. That's another good one, too. Question? He's been sneaky good. We're going to see Lauko. I think we're going to see Studnika at a certain point. Um, I think we're going to see back in nine. And he, I think he got two or three games last year, was with the team in the Stanley Cup Finals when Grizzlick went down but never played. We're going to see all those guys this year. But if you're asking who the first is, I think it's going to be Bjork. Yeah, I think it's going to be Bjork, too. I mean, I, out of all those guys, he's got the most NHL experience. So I, I think that would be that would be the way. Also, you mentioned Vakaninen, and he definitely is going to be playing at some point this year and deserves to be. But don't forget about Zaboral because he had a really good preseason, and he needed to because he's like he's about ready to be considered a bust in my eyes. Same with uh, Zach Sanation, but, I mean, Zaboral really had a great pre- uh, preseason, and... I mean, I the more defensive prospects they have that are on the on the up and up, the better. The Bruins uh, scored. Uh, I'm sorry <laughs> to interrupt, but Brett Ritchie just got his first goal as a Bruin. I just saw. Let's that. go! Let's go! Against wow, Brett Ritchie! How about that? Holy crap! Talk about us. Well, and we off we were complaining. We, we were complaining in the pre-show. We were complaining in the pre-show. So we. I love it. Good start. Great start. I wish we were recording that because, yeah, we were all bitching about Brett Ritchie playing on the second line, and there he goes, just sniping one past Ben Bishop. That's a great way to start the year. That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. One minute, nine right, seconds. So much for the hangover, guys. I'm sorry. Please don't hate me. You're hated. Oh, I don't want to be hated. Oh, I'm already. <laughs> Enough by, me, by my fiance. I don't want other people to hate me. Anyway, <laughs> um, so bold prediction time, guys. Um, it can be pretty much about anything Bruins related. Um, Lauren had suggested this in our email chain, I think it was yesterday or today, and I thought that was a really good thing. I have a, uh, I don't know, if, well, I guess this is a bold prediction, but uh, is everybody ready? I'm ready. Charlie Coyle will score 25 goals this year. I wouldn't say that's bold. Yeah, it's not bold at all. I like that. I I love that. Big fan of that. Big fan of that. I mean, his career high in one season is 21, but everybody is thinking he's going to have a breakout year this year for whatever reason. And, I mean, he was so good in the playoffs last year, and he was really steady after the trade. But he really showed his worth in the playoffs, and I just, I don't know. I, I just feel really good about him this year. This, he's definitely, without a doubt, the best third-line center that they've had in quite a long time. And I think he's going to elevate Heinen's game because Heinen will be playing with him a lot. 
And I mean, if Bacchus gets on that third line too, I really like Coyle with Bacchus. That's a third line I really can't wait to see. So I can't wait until this team is healthy again. I like it. I'm my on board. Bo- my bold prediction is that Zach, Zach Senishin is either going to be traded or released this season at some point. Ooh, spicy. Yeah. And it yeah. pains me to say it. It pains me to say it because uh, even this is, I think this goes, this dates back to before Lauren was even a friend of the program and was a guest. But I, I, I so it's just, you know, because I don't want to, I don't want Lauren to think I'm like the negative host over here. I was pumping his tires, Lauren. You're worried about being negative? Uh, That's true. That's true. But I, 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 Lauren, I was pumping this guy's tires. He was, (laughs) because everyone was upset with Sweeney, um, A, for um, not moving up in that draft, in that 2015 draft to get um, Hannafin, and B, letting, you know, Barzal go past and taking a guy like Seneshin. And then Seneshin went and scored like a total of like 70, maybe 75 goals over two seasons in juniors. And I was feeling it. I was totally, I'm like, I'm like, Sweeney's going to prove all these guys wrong. Meanwhile, Barzal is basically like the next Tavares over in Long Island. And Seneshin like can't crack the lineup, you know, and he's barely cracking the third line in, uh, in Providence. Um, and I, I wouldn't have been worried about his spot on the team, but then you have guys like Studnicka. Studnicka was like a fifth round, sixth round pick, and he immediately gets an ELC contract and, and is in Providence. Um, you have someone like Lauko that, uh, that, that Sammy brought up, you know, he's a fourth round pick and he just went and won the Memorial cup and he was a huge factor behind it. And he had a great preseason so everyone's just kind of leapfrogging um, Senishin. You know, Carson Kuhlman, you know, Carson Kuhlman should not even be a name that we know. Um, but he's able to leapfrog Senishin. So that's my bold prediction is that uh, Zach Senishin will not be a Boston Bruin by the time uh, April rolls around. That's bold. That is bold. Spicy. Well, my bold prediction uh, was, uh, well, it already happened, was that the Bruins were going to come out flying in this opening night game and score in the first five minutes, which they yeah, did. Come on, that's not bold. Oh, come on. I, I mean, they could have friggin' laid an egg, blown a tire, whatever you want to call it, and just came out absolutely flat. All right. But I guess anyways, um, thank you. I'll be here all week. <laughs> he will he will be right uh, there all week yep not leaving this chair uh, alright <laughs> so but I guess but I guess so, if I had to deliver a bold prediction about the season itself I'd have to say that maybe Jake DeBrusca hits the uh, 20 goal plateau but he hit that last year yeah, didn't he hit almost, he hit like 27 last year. So you year, have to say he? 30. You got to say 30 to get out of here. All right. Then let's say 30. There you go. Maybe in right. 35. Play of the season. I'm excited to see how his power play looks. Yeah, it'll, got- be, it'll be fun to see him this year, especially after the season he had last year. But um, yeah. my bold prediction, um, I think it's pretty bold. And for the record, Jake DeBrusque had 27 goals last year. So, yeah, um, 30 is 30 would be good. Um, my bold prediction for the season is that Yaroslav Halak will have more wins than Tuka Rask. Ooh, I like that and Well, that's, the thing is... Spicy. Yeah. Spicy. <laughs> <laughs> whether that's one win, whether that's ten wins, 
I mean, I'm not saying he's going to get right, more playing matter. time. I, I think it'll be pretty pretty even like it was last year. I think workload will be similar to last season, but I think Halak will have more wins this season. Well, w- one of my big things um, in our in our last episode, which was you know kind of like the Stanley Cup recap, but also looking to the off season and whatnot. Uh, I, I said that what I wanted is for Halak to get kind of like the overwhelming majority of the workload in the first two months of the season. So October, November, I want to see him playing more than Rask because Rask didn't get a rest. He played the full two months. Um, so if we, if the, and I'm, I'm, I don't think that's going to happen, but if that were to happen, then it would, that would very easily play into what your prediction, Lauren but I doubt it's going to happen. But I would love for that to happen. Just, you know, get get hot, you know, kind of be a hot hand. Let Rask, because uh, you know, we all know that Rask starts showing up in January, February time. So let Halak do the rest. Yeah, get that man rest, rest him for the playoffs. I mean, I think Halak was kind of underrated in how much he helped Tuka's success in the playoffs. That, And even Cassidy said it. He's like, you know, he played so well and he allowed Tuka to get the rest that he hasn't been able to have the last few years and when he's you know, I mean who isn't burnt out after playing 82 games and then you're playing two months more worth of games so just now, you know, uh, Bruins scored again I was, was gonna, I was about to say oh, that I hate to interrupt the Bruins have taken two nothing I fucking love this team I'm oh, back awesome. they won me over they've won me back they've won me back <laughs> all right so what are what are our plans in June uh, I'll stay on the cup parade. Yeah, we're going to be at the parade, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, guys, yeah. I live, I live in Boston. Just come crash at my place. That's cool. Good. Yeah, I, my birthday's in June, too, so we can go watch the uh, Bruins Stanley Cup parade, and then we can go celebrate my birthday. I think that's a good idea. Perfect. Sounds good to me. I don't know, I don't know what so, my plans are in June, but I know in April we'll be beating Toronto in the first round. Uh-huh. Okay. I could, I, I'm good with that. It doesn't take a seven this time. Yeah, I, I'm burnt out by Toronto. I mean, after that game five It'd in 2018. Nice we get another uh, first-round opponent that is not the Leafs, but oh, come on. It's just so fun being the Leafs. Uh, oh, it, it is. is. And, like, I, I it love really it. is. I, I love it because I'm so jaded now when it comes to Bruins' Leafs series. Like, yeah, the Leafs got better with Tyson Berry, but I'm just not afraid of them whatsoever. Like, if somebody – if they played a playoff series right now with – the rosters the way they are i'm still taking the bruins in seven and it's like i'm really not trying to be cocky when i say that but how can you not be i mean they beat them three uh three series in a row in the first round it's come back to me when their goalie is not frederick anderson and then i'll be willing to talk about who the favorite is <laughs> well what if their goalie's worse than frederick anderson i would believe you i mean hey you never know um there was oh you know what i just remembered i was gonna say uh, I was actually going to ask you guys about the Rask Halak thing, but Zach kind of stole my thunder. I actually would like to see Halak playing more in the first like month or so of the season as well, just to give Rask a rest. I've said this before, and I'll keep saying it until somebody else comes in and proves me wrong or just plays better. But I still think that Halak was Don Sweeney's best free agent signing because he played almost as many games as I think Rask played. 45 games. I don't have it in front of me. I think he played 45 games last year. And you well, I mean, saw when you just have, when you have two starting caliber goaltenders. I mean, let's be honest here. Halak starts in what? 30 out of 30, 31 NHL markets. I mean, I don't know about that the, many, but, but there are more than half of the NHL would, would kill 
uh, to have him as a starter. Yeah. Yeah. I actually had this crazy thought. Had we done like a mid off season show, I had this thought. I didn't want this to happen, but I, 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 I had this crazy thought. I had this crazy thought that, um, that uh, they would, they would, they, they would include Halak in a package to just to get Bacchus off the books. Not that I wanted that to happen, but just like, you, you know, if, if there was a question, like, how do you get rid of Bacchus? Um, or, and it's, again, it's not about getting rid of Bacchus, but it's about getting rid of Bacchus's contract and his cap hit. It was like, how do you well, do I that? Mean, well, well, the, the thing is that literally more than half of the NHL would, would give their left testicle to, to have Halak as their starting goalie, not even forget backup. Um, and so we, going into the season, like, I, I think, and let me just say, I, I think it's worth it to keep Bacchus just to keep Halak because it puts us in such a good situation. And if you guys remember, early last year, Rask was struggling hard, and Halak held the fourth down until Rask got well, hot. Yeah, he has those. So. Uh, he has those like episodes where he forgets how to goaltend, and you know, it's good that we have a, another starting caliber goalie in Yaroslav Halak because I mean, w- I mean, without him, if we had a guy like uh, uh, who's our uh, who's the guy we have in Providence now, uh, Max Legacy, I mean, we'd be screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think. I'm sorry, Lauren. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say. You know, we have, we haven't really had that, like, solid backup for for so long. I mean, we've had. Good God, I can just I can go back and back, and it's just like. Well, let's see, Svedberg, Hudobin. Uh, we had a uh, that one John- year Johnson. of uh, Gustafson, Johnson. Yeah, I mean. But, I mean, once again, we, we do have good goalie talent coming up the pipeline. And, uh, you know, Kyle Kaiser and Dan Vladar. And uh, let's not forget my boy, Jeremy Swayman from the University of Maine. Uh, just an opportunity to talk to last week. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. I passed him at the rank. No big deal. Uh, but, uh, I mean, yeah. Eventually, uh, let's see. When, when's Halak's uh, contract up here? Uh, I believe after after this season. So who knows? I mean, they might need to. Uh, they might have to give it over to uh, to Kyle Kaiser here. Even yeah, so he might be uh, sitting the bench. I don't think it's it's a hot take to say that the Bruins have the best uh, goalie tandem in the NHL, and that's what I think will help them make another deep playoff run. So this this kind of leads into. Um, my my next talking point is just overall season expectations. I had said this after um, the twenty the twenty seventeen twenty eighteen season that um, them getting to the second round against Tampa should have heightened expectations. And I mean, they made it. They were within sixty minutes of winning the Stanley Cup. So the youth movement, in a way, to me, is kind of over. Like, yes, they're still going to infuse some of it into the lineup. But I mean, if they're sitting, if they're sitting in like second or third place by the trade deadline, which in all likelihood they will be, because Tampa's probably going to run away with the division again once, uh, once again, they're going to be in position to make a trade, sort of like they did with Marcus Johansson at the deadline last year. And I think that's kind of what we expect. I think based on last season, we should expect them to be in the mix for the Stanley Cup, if not, should be able to win it, since they're returning basically the same team as last year. I know that. You know, Tampa got steamrolled by Columbus in the first round, which is still really hard to believe. And they're pretty much returning the same team as last year, minus a couple of older players. But, I mean, maybe I'm just 
a little overconfident, but based on what happened to them in the first round last year, yes, they're a very scary team, but they don't scare me as much as they would have had they steamrolled Columbus. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's got to be minimum, you know, so the playoffs are very difficult. You don't know what health is going to be like. So um, we, all, you and I, Jesse, every year we talk about um, looking to be in playoff position by Thanksgiving. That's like the first uh, the first checkpoint. Second checkpoint's kind of uh, New Year's, which is what everybody always says. Um, and then the real checkpoint is where are you at the trade deadline? Um, and then just, you know, I, I think... Um, we want to get to the playoffs, obviously. I, I would say minimum second round, but I, I want to see them push for this thing. You know, it's it's unfair and very Bostonian to say, uh, you know, win it all or, or bust. So I'm not going to go that far, even though just I'm just so hungry for it. Um, but I would say uh, minimum second round. Minimum second round. That's a... I'm kind of on well, board with that. I'm kind, I'm kind uh, of on board with that. I don't know. I mean, I, I'd say I, I know it's kind of a faux pas to say this, but a cup or bust this year. See, I can get on board with that, too. But it's like, do I, I do I want to have those expectations? I mean, of course, I want to have them. But are they realistic? I mean, maybe because they're essentially bringing back the same team. Yeah. Um, it's hard. But I mean, the Red Sox brought back the same basically the same team. Well, I mean, I'd say that's a that's a different story. I mean, with the whole Red Sox thing, what it was mainly the fact that, you know, uh, the bullpen, I mean, they won that World Series with a glaring problem in the bullpen. Um, and they did have a couple of uh, key subtractions, mainly uh, our good pal uh, Joe Kelly. Yeah. Well, here's what I would say. Here's what I would say. When they we made that trade for Rick Nash. We all took it as a sign of cup or bust from this team going all in on a rental. Um, so that's why we always say, let's get to February, see what they do. Um, because if they were to make some, some, you know, head spinning move that really has us, you know, feeling it and going all in, then, okay, you know, all of a sudden we're cooking with gas and uh, we can feel kind of a cup or bust mindset. But it, before, before the deadline, like the, the team that is on the ice in Dallas as we're speaking right now, is not the same team that's going to take the ice in April when they make the playoffs. There's going to be, there's going to be turnover. Yeah, uh, it's going to be turnover, whether it be Providence or whatever deal Sweeney makes. Well, injuries and will so, happen, and we'll have. So that's why, up. that's why I think it's safe to say. That's why I think it's safe to say, minimum second round right now. And I say minimum because you got obviously got to get past Toronto. Um, but uh, you know, come February, you might be singing a different tune. You guys are nuts. And, it's tough and I feel like I feel like too, like the Panthers are very sneaky, like very sneaky for like a top or Buffalo is good for like a top three seed. Um, like uh, Bobrov- Bobrovsky, if I could speak, that would be great. Um, was picked up by Florida, and they they have like they're not a bad offensive team, and they might like sneak in there. I don't think there'll be anything like any competition for Toronto or maybe the Bruins, but. Second round, I think, is realistic. Obviously, copper bust is what I want because I want, I want to see this team succeed. I want. I've been watching this team my whole life, and they're bringing back, you know, like we talked about, essentially the the same team from last year, but they're 100% healthy right now. I think, you know, like you guys said, February is good where you are are at, at the deadline, and really, like once the new year begins. It's like, all right, let's let's get playoff ready. They're only a few months away at that point, and 
what are we working with? What do we need to add? What do we need? What do we have too much of, I guess you could say? And like who fits where and who doesn't fit with this team? You know, if Bacchus is struggling, if one of our defensemen is struggling, we have to do something and the team has to do something. They have to accommodate, whether that's in uh, Providence or whether that's outside the organization. You know, because I think in their minds, it's cup or bust because of how last season ended. Yeah, Florida, I'm kind of with you on that. Like, Florida could sneak in as a wild card this year, and they could even take the third seed, especially, like, yes, Bobrovsky's there, so now they have a legit number one starting goalie. But don't forget, Joel Quinville is the coach now who won three Stanley Cups with the Blackhawks. Like, that's, that's a very, very significant move. And for a team like that with a lot of younger players like Aaron Eckblad and guys like that, it's a good move. They're going to be good. I just, I'm not sure how good. But, you know, that that's something that's going to um, remain to be seen. But hold on a second. Let's see what uh, Jesse's got here. He's He's got some breaking news, I assume. Maybe, uh, maybe a little uh, transaction news, a little trade breaking news. Dun, dun, dun. A little, little trade breaking news? What, what, do we, what do we got? We got a – let's see. Uh – Wait a second. I'm getting a text here. Uh, let's see. Uh, I've been traded. What? Wait. What? What happened? To to wait. what? For what? Uh, wait. Must be another Sam Tracy. Uh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. That's that's not me. Uh. Apparently, there's some other guy named Sam Tracy that got uh traded for a bag of pucks to uh. Where was this? Uh, let's see here. What Bins, the fuck is going Russia? on? So, so this, so this, like, you weren't like released, right? Like, this isn't a. Like, yeah, a, we're fine. Uh, okay, so this isn't yeah. like a like a JD Martinez thing. Yeah. We, yeah. we all we all know about that, right? Oh my. God. Uh, wait. Did the Astros release JD Martinez? Oh, Sam. 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 Are you sitting down? Uh, well, I'm I'm in my seat, so yeah, I'm sitting down. All right, because uh, I I have some news for you. Um, yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. So in 2014, uh, the oh god, this sucks. Um, oh, the Astros released JD Martinez. Really? No way. Not like the Houston Astros. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, a guy yeah. like JD Martinez. Yeah, I, I I couldn't believe it either. I, God, it's, you, you hate to see that. You you just you hate really to see that. that. Well, you know, then you hate to see him go on to a team like the Red Sox and and be a integral part of their uh, World Series championship. That that was uh that was uh that was one of the hottest like moves of the off season for baseball, and I I just hope he stays. Um, but um, yeah. Speaking of hot, uh, hey Zach, are you uh? The heat on in your apartment? It's getting a little warm. Is it? Because it's a little hot in here. Uh, warm. I don't feel like taking off my. A little bit. I don't feel like taking off my clothes necessarily, but uh, I think we uh, we need to turn the heat up a little bit. I, I think it may be time to turn up the heat just a little bit and uh, get Lauren involved in her first ever fire round. That's All right. Oh. Let's do it. 
So Here we go. This this is actually kind. Of, so normally the the fire round we don't. You, you Lauren and Jesse and Sam would not know would not know the the question. This this time it's kind of an annual thing in the preseason episode where I give you guys a few teams and I ask you are they playoff teams and you guys touched on the first one which is the Panthers. Um, they were kind of making strides la- the last year, maybe the last two years. Then they go and get Coach Q, one of the best coaches in all the NHL, and uh, they go and get Bobrovsky. Um, and so they were close to getting Panarin as well, which would have been great. Um, so Lauren, we'll start with you. Is Are the Florida Panthers a playoff team? Yes, at least first round. Jesse? I, yes. Sam? I will say yes, but they won't get past the first round. I also think they are a playoff team, which brings me to, so I'm actually going to change the order a little bit of how I initially intended to ask this. And Jesse, we'll start with you. Lauren um, briefly mentioned the Buffalo Sabres, who also, you know, continue to make a few eye-opening moves. They've done it the last few off-seasons. But at the same time, they're still Buffalo. So at one point, they had the best record in all the NHL last year, and then they ended like 12th or 13th in the conference because they are Buffalo. Kind of like the Browns are always going to Browns, it feels like the Sabres are always going to save. So do you think the Sabres are a playoff team this year? No. Sam? No, they're in a stacked Atlantic division. There's no... Maybe if they were in the Metro, they might sneak in as a wild card, but they're in the Atlantic. No. Uh, Lauren, you're the first one to bring them up. What do you think? Uh, no, they're not. They are still Buffalo. They are still Buffalo. Um, they are beating the Penguins right now, though, three to one. No, they always they always start. Well, I mean, the well. Penguins and also the Penguins are sort of on the decline. No, I mean that they're, they're getting old. They are. They've, they've had the same players. I feel like for 20 years. That obviously yes, hasn't been I that long. That's what it feels penguins. like. But, you know, the Penguins weren't on my list, but we can add them to a list. Do we think the Penguins are a playoff team? You know, they missed out last year. No, didn't they make no, it they, to the... They didn't miss out. They just got a... They just had a forgettable first-round exit. Uh, that's that's what I meant. That's what I meant. I'm, I'm saying, like, so... But are they, if they're on the decline, they will miss this year. I agree. I can see it. I, I agree with that. Yeah, 100% um, so no next- for me. Uh, yeah, so that, that that could also be kind of a bold prediction, uh, Lauren, the Penguins, the Penguins missing out. I want to say that they're going to miss um, just because of all the other teams and all the other moves making. The reason why I'm rooting for the Penguins to make the playoffs is because of the next team on my list, a team that annoys me to no end because of the city that I live in and have lived in for 10 years, and that is the New York Rangers who uh, lucked out in the who who were re, who were in a rebuild and not doing the rebuild correctly, but then got insanely insanely lucky uh, in the lottery. Ended up getting the number two pick, getting Capo Caco, whatever the hell you pronounce his name, um, and then signing Artemi Panarin. So now Henrik Caco, yeah, Capo Caco, Capo Caco, whatever. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I, I, I am sick and tired of hearing this guy's name. Um, and now Henrik Lundqvist a little rejuvenated. They were able to get Jacob Truba as well and sign him to an extension. Um, so, Lauren, the Rangers have missed the playoffs the last two years. Uh, do they get? Do they break in the top eight this year? I do, and I think they do it by like the skin <sighs> of their teeth. Oh, 
I am 50 oh 50. God. I'm like 50 50, and now I'm like 51 49. So uh, it, I'm like right on the edge, but I it, think they sneak in. It's your first episode. You should be saying things to like, you know, appease us. I hate the Rangers. I'll never I don't hate appease anyone. anybody but myself. <laughs> yeah. I'll, ne- I'll never hate anyone as much as I hate Montreal. Uh, not the Leafs, not the Yankees. Um, but in this case, um, uh, I can't stand them. Jesse, what do you think? I'm with Lauren on this one. I'm going to say yes, and they barely edge out the Flyers to get in there. I'm going to agree with both uh, Jesse and Lauren here. I I think uh, although they're still a young team, they're still rebuilding, I really like what they did this offseason. They got a... Please, enter the (laughs) team (laughs) What the fuck just... (laughs) (laughs) But uh, anyways... uh, Sorry, I like cap. what they did this offseason uh, with their development. They brought in John Davidson, who was uh, who was the uh, I believe what was it, the president of hockey operations for the uh, for the uh, Blue Jackets. And I think really that it's it's a big overhaul in Manhattan with the Rangers. I think they get in. Maybe grab a second wild card spot. Which, uh, as we were- all right, so I got I got two more for you. I got two more. I think these are these are interesting ones. I'm saving uh, what I think is uh, is the best for last. Uh, so we'll start with the second to last one, um, which is a team that many felt maybe overachieved a little bit last year, um, and that would be the New York Islanders. Um, they the one thing about the Islanders that I love is they. You know, on paper, they don't look that great. Obviously, they lost Tavares last year and still went farther than the Leafs. So that kind of made me a little bit of an Islanders fan. Um, but they they are well coached. They got trots. They got Barry Trotz off of the Washington Stanley Cup. And, um, I, you know, the Islanders are are kind of, you know, the, I, it's weird to, to hear how positive Islanders fans are right now. So, Samuel, we'll start with you. Are the Islanders a playoff team this year? Are the Islanders a playoff team? I'd say yes. I'd say last year wasn't a fluke, and I'm a big fan of what Barry Trotz does. Not to mention they're going to, if I'm not mistaken, they're going to be playing a lot of their games now at uh, at old Fort Never Lose, the Nassau Coliseum, instead of the Correct. And, and they just and, and, and they just broke ground. They just broke ground on that on, new Belmar um, on Belmar on Belmar. Yeah. Um, how about you, Lauren? Yeah, I think they are. Same. I'm just going to go off. You know that their last year wasn't wasn't a fluke. They're the the real deal, I guess, like compared to last year. Um, and I think they'll I think they'll get in. Jesse, and no, I think last year was a fluke, and I think you'll see that in the season. All right, so I got one more for you, um, and then, and then I, I I have to hop off because I'm actually entering my own hockey game as well. I got a late a late one tonight in my league. Um, so how about how about this one for you? This one I dedicate to our uh, our fearless leader Jesse Gantz. Those Hartford Whalers. You want to talk about overachievers? They did not belong in the playoffs. They certainly did not belong in the third round. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna leave well, you come here. On. The Whalers didn't even belong in I'm, the same rink as the Bruins. I hundred and and, and, and and it showed and it showed. So uh, Jesse, I'll let you take it from here. Hartford Whalers. Well, listen, the whale was slain. The whale is dead. Uh, so, yeah, they're going to make the playoffs. What? They're yeah, going to make the, the playoffs? 
the whale is going to find some way to revive itself, and come April, it'll be that, full steam ahead. Well, they're going to... Oh, come on. They, there's no way they can come up with another gimmick like that little team salute they did at Center Ice last year. Uh, speaking of that, those those Whalers uniforms that they wore during the playoffs were weird. Like, black and red, it, it was weird. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't get. I don't get the color change. Uh, maybe this year they'll do like blue and gold or something. I don't. Maybe they'll, understand. or maybe they'll go back to the traditional blue and green like we uh, expect out of a team like Hartford. Um, anyways, I, I think that you know what that last year was a fluke. The whale isn't making the playoffs this year. <sighs> Dude, Lauren, we, your thoughts? Lauren, you, uh, is, I uh, think. I think they are making the playoffs. I don't think they'll catch fire the way they did last year. Um, I mean, they were they were fun for the, for Carolina. They were fun for you know for kids and everything. But I don't think it's gonna be what it was last year. I think they do get in, but it's not gonna be like a magic ride like it was last year. Wait, Carolina? What's what's that? There's no team in Carolina. I don't talk I, about I, the other team. Huh? Weird. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Zach had to hop off, um, yeah. and I think it's probably time for the rest of us to do the same because we've got a uh, we've got a hockey game to watch here. Uh, any final thoughts before we end tonight? Uh, I'd say, uh, other than that whole uh, copper bus thing, I'm really excited to see how this season's gonna play out. It's I'm very happy that we have to that we can basically toss last season out the window, and you know it's a clean slate for the Bruins this year. Fresh sheet of ice. Yep, so far they look good. I mean, it's only the first period, but two goals in the first period of the opening game of the season. Just can't can't hate that. Love to see that. You, you, that is absolutely something you'd love to see. Lauren, any final thoughts before we sign off? Uh, I think it's going to be a good year. Like I said, if they start slow, don't worry about it. They, they've started slow before. I think, uh, I think it's going to be a good year. You have, uh, you have called my fears about them starting off slow. I now feel a little bit better about them, especially after watching that first period. That's we still what I'm have here two for. More we still have two more periods to go, so things can go south pretty quickly, although I'm trying not to think that way. So real quick, uh, before we sign off, I just want to plug our social media. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at the Pod. Um, like us on Facebook, although we don't really use it that much. Twitter is probably our main form of social media. Um, you can also email us if you have any uh, comments, questions, concerns. You want to tell me, Zach, Sam, or Lauren that we suck. That's fine. It's the supposed to be podcast at gmail.com. Uh, also, subscribe to us on iTunes. We're also on SoundCloud and Spotify. So if you would subscribe to us on there, too, we would greatly appreciate that. So for Zach Weiner, Sam Tracy, the newest member of our show, Lauren Campbell, I am Jesse Gaunts. Let's go Bruins.